in this episode. A man is supposed to do manly things and dress in a way that the culture recognizes as masculine. So what happens when you have a man who dresses like a woman and takes on a woman's name and expresses himself culturally as a woman, that this is a symptom of something broken in that person's masculinity if it's a biological male or femininity if it's a biological female. Now those are two clips I'm highlighting from another podcast called the Village Church Q&A podcast that discussed cross-dressing and gender identity, in my opinion, so poorly it's responsible for spurring my interest in creation of the Cross Yas podcast. I'm going to give you my two cents about what their podcast tried to do, analyze what exactly was being said, and carefully tiptoe on the religious side of things with relation to cross-dressing and gender. So if you're already scared about what I might have to say about religion, I apologize now for not being so well-versed in it, especially Christianity. And if you're already rolling your eyes at the mere thought of religious chatter, but you're willing to learn or hear your girl, Giselle's, point of view, stay tuned. I promise there'll be some educational stuff that you might be interested in. I'll also discuss London's Fashion Week degenderizing in my Yas of the Week. I'm going to talk about a cross Yas tip of the week regarding finding the best lipstick colors for you and your skin tone. And finally, Sierra reflects on her first year in her journey of becoming Sierra. It's episode 94 of the Cross Yas podcast. So, shall we get started? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yas podcast. Which is Elm here, so. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. My name is Giselle Marisol, I'm a cross-dresser, I'm transgender, and I'm the host and your guide to this wonderful but sometimes confusing world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Need more info about the podcast or ways you can support our podcast? Check out www.crossyaspodcast.com. Want to chat with me directly, Sierra, or other Cross Yas listeners? Well, you can hit up our Discord, Cross Yas Confidential, which can also be found on our website. And lastly, if you have a story you want to tell that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related, but wondering to yourself, hmm, I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story or really hear what I have to say. Well, hello, you know me and you know the podcast. The answer to your burning question is aloud. Frickin'. Yes! Email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast or Check out our Discord and hit me up, Rochi underscore Mochi pound 7325. I'm excited to talk to you. Happy almost March. Crazy how I feel this month of February is flying by, and really, 2021. Feels like we're at the cusp of opening up society again and being able to go outside like we did before with talks of the COVID vaccine being readily and more available for everyone, but... Also, it still feels really like we're ways away because there's like some new variant strains of COVID around the world and I don't know, still kind of sucks. So please still wear your mask, wash your hands, and if you have a chance to get the vaccine, please get it. Get it. Got it. Good. I'm back with another episode, which I know I told you I wasn't going to do, but whatever, I'm back. Guess who's back? Before I get into the episode, though, I still want to let you know that our Discord is still really thriving, and we've approached a little over 50 people who have joined our Discord. 
and I'm happy to say that we're basically doing almost nightly video chats of a lot of our listeners dressed, uh, not dressed, and or coming on and presenting the way they want to. You don't even have to come in and show your face, but you can see our beautiful valid selves on our video chat. So jump on over to our Discord where you can be a part of something really special. But how about we talk about real quick about my yes! of the week. London's Fashion Week is this week, and they're doing a little celebration of degenderizing. According to The Independent, a UK-based newspaper, London Fashion Week, since it first began in 1984, traditionally showcased women's wear, while men's wear was reserved for separate biannual events every January and June. But Dylan Jones, the British Fashion Council menswear chair, has said they are looking into moving London's Fashion Week into February and will continue to degender the event, allowing designers greater flexibility to consider what collection they show when and minimize travel requirements taking us one step closer to a more sustainable future. The Independent goes on to say we as a society have continued to progress with societal attitudes towards gender and the ways in which we think about how we dress to reflect that. Companies like Zara and H&M have introduced gender-neutral lines and unisex clothing in recent years, while other designers are coming out with brands that aren't so focused in gender. So it's pretty cool to see fashion be less separated by gender because, well, clothes are just that. Clothes. They're not meant for just one gender to wear, they're really for everyone. No one cares what you wear, and it's cool to see big-time companies play with fashion for both men and women. And, of course, those who don't fit in either of those binary categories. I see this as a huge win for moving away from just having two genders, man and woman, and perhaps this is a sign of even bigger things to come. So my yas of the week goes to London Fashion Week and degenderizing fashion. You go, London Fashion Week. And that was the... of the week. As for the rest of this episode, I'll give you my cross yas tip of the week because finding the right lipstick can be quite difficult. But I'm here in this episode with some ideas in the cross yas tip of the week to help you find what might work for you. I'll also have the main chunk of this episode analyzing from my point of view what the Village Q&A podcast is trying to do in tackling such a big topic like cross-dressing with their host, Pastor Mike Fueling, which I have to emphasize again that although I am not the most well-versed in religion, more specifically Christianity, I still find what was said on their podcast as problematic, and I'm going to give you my own thoughts and analysis about what was said. And lastly, Sierra will reflect on her first year in her transition to becoming Sierra in this week's Sierra Says. It's episode 94, everyone, and it's jam-packed with information that I know you'll have thoughts on, which you can send me your feedback, Giselle at CrossTheYasPodcast.com, DM me on Instagram at Yas Podcast, or let's just chat on our Discord. Anyways, happy listening, everyone. It's episode 94. Enjoy. And now it's time for the Yas Tip of the Week. Talking about lipstick can be a headache for some as there are just endless choices to go with. So I'll try my best in this cross yas tip of the week to tackle the topic of choosing the right lipstick. It's another makeup tip, which again, I don't know, sorry, I keep doing makeup tips, but one that I drew inspiration from our cross yas discord and seeing everyone look so amazing wearing different lipstick colors. Yes, it's not mandatory to wear makeup or lipstick to present the way you want to present, but damn was I inspired by our wonderful cross yas listeners. They were all wearing such beautiful colors that, I don't know, I just really liked. 
Again, if you haven't been on our Discord, check out our video, Discord Chats. It's on our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. And again, even if you don't want to join with your own video, don't fret. You can just watch us and listen in and see us talk. Anyways, obviously this tip is not the only way to do things as I would recommend to try whatever colors you like. But finding the best lipstick colors can be a challenge. So I'm here from experience and from what makeup experts recommend. So here's what I found. From my research online, the general consensus goes like this. Depending on your skin tone, and there are typically three skin tones, which is cool, neutral, and warm. For cool, you have like bluish red or pink kind of hues to your skin tone. For warm, it's kind of golden, peachy, or yellow. Or if you're neutral, you kind of a mixture of both. Both warm and cool. You're so cool. You're so cool. You're so cool. It's also important to note how you tan. If you have cool undertones, like your lighter skin tones, tan more rosy than golden. Light to medium skin tones, tan more of a deep cinnamon. Deeper or richer skin tones, tan more reddish. Uh, If you have warm undertones, lighter skin tans more peach. Light to medium skin tones, tan more golden. And deeper or rich skin tones, tan more caramel. And if you have neutral undertones, you pretty much don't have a dominant shade. Uh, When you're in the sun, you can either burn or tan. So now for the lipstick choices based on skin tone, here's what I found. Online, they say the best lipsticks for cool undertones have blue or purple shaded undertones. For the best lipsticks for warm undertones are lip colors that have warmer shades. And for neutral undertones, well, you're lucky. Anything from light nudes to deep wine colors will typically look good for you. So for you cool undertone people, like for example, think about going for a deeper bluish red, like a cherry red versus something like an orange. For a nude lip, for the same people with cool undertones, think of a rosy pink nude. For you warm undertone people, think of going with like bold orange colors or brick reds or even terracotta browns. And for a nude color, find a color that corresponds with your skin tone with like warmer shades. And again, for you neutral undertone people, again, you're pretty lucky in that almost anything works for you. So I don't know how to say this, but you're perfect. (laughs) But these are some just baseline things to try. Again, see what colors work for you. This is just from the research I found online. For myself, I think my color is more neutral anyways, so any color seems to look pretty good on me. Although when it is hot outside and I actually get a tan, I do find having to go with the warm undertone advice. Um, So I'm kind of having to just go with like, I don't know, warmer shades. So again, just see what works for you and experiment. Now, if you end up buying like 3,000 lipsticks, don't fret. I mean, unless you're like broke, maybe don't buy so much damn lipstick. So get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you'll also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. But I totally understand there's so many different lipsticks out there you might want to try, but these are just some baseline colors to work with trying. Again, try what you want to try, experiment with lipsticks, and try all sorts of stuff and just see what works for you. That's all for this week's Cross Yas tip. If you have feedback or a Cross Yas tip of your own, email me, DM me, or chat me up on Discord and let me know. Thanks. All right, so let's break down how I came across this podcast that talked about cross-dressing over two years ago. 
I'm driving from Southern California to Northern California and listening to Kirsten's podcast she has with her friend, Alexa, really just listening to them chat. Here's a shout out to Poppin' Locks podcast, spelled P-O-P-A-N-D-L-O-X. The Poppin' Locks podcast, where pretty much they just chat about pop culture. And if you love Kirsten from previous episodes and you want to hear more from her for free, check her out and her podcast, Poppin' Locks podcast, again, spelled P-O-P-A-N-D-L-O-X. And you can Google it because it's found on everything. Anyways, so on my long drive towards the San Francisco Bay Area using the 5 Freeway, and this was like, I don't know, three months into our relationship when I first started dating her, I don't know, I was just really eager to learn more about Kirsten and learn more about the podcast medium itself. I think I might have heard of podcast even before Pop and Locks and Kirsten, but I found myself learning a lot from the casual talk between Kirsten and her podcast mate Alexa with regards to pop culture and even just learning from Kirsten, her demeanor, her canter, and her willingness to just teach. And if you know anything about the drive up that 5 freeway from Los Angeles, it's like a 6-7 to seven hour drive. So there's like a lot of time to listen to podcasts, and I spent like a good amount of time listening and learning about Kirsten. So I figured I knew at that point, I must really like this bitch to listen to her for the majority of my drive. And I don't know, I legit found her podcast quite enjoyable, but also thought to myself, huh, what other kinds of podcasts are out there like this? So I searched on Apple Podcasts for other things that piqued my interest and found podcasts like How to Stop Gambling. There was a podcast about League of Legends because I still really enjoy that game. And then I was like, hey, what about cross-dressing? Because at that point, there was no real denying my love for cross-dressing, and it's still true today. I think in 2018, at that point in my life, I would say I probably have been public about my cross-dressing for, I guess, eight years or so at that point to most people. I've gone out as Giselle like hmm, probably a handful of times, and really, I knew who I was at that point. So I figured maybe there are some people out there who talk about their cross-dressing experience or chatted about that in the same manner Kirsten and her friend Alexa were doing. So I searched through Apple Podcasts, and to my surprise, there really weren't any. I might have casually mentioned this, definitely not to this extent, but at that time of like November 2018, most of the podcasts I searched for with relation to cross-dressing really focused on the kink side of things, and none really dived deeper than that surface level of putting on clothing that were of the opposite sex. I think one episode on a random podcast I happened to click on had a guy being interviewed by a female saying how much he loved cross-dressing and being called a sissy or whatever, which was all fine and because, you know, shoot, I love that sexual side of cross-dressing too, to a degree, and that is a variation of cross-dressing. But I felt like I definitely needed more because I knew there was more to cross-dressing than just sexual pleasure. I was like, come on, man, there's more, there's more to it than just sex. And then, by happenstance, I stumbled upon one. One particular podcast with one really specific episode entitled 0453, Is It Okay for Someone to Cross-Dress? I said to myself, oh, here we go. This might be something I like. Now, the episode in question comes from the Village Church Q&A podcast, and it was released on February 9th, 2018. Just over three years ago today. Shout out, hey. And so I listened to it. And, well, I was absolutely appalled by what I heard. I am shocked and appalled. Now, before even listening to this podcast, my first thought by just seeing the name Village Church was, well, I don't know, they're definitely not going to talk about the kink or sex side of cross-dressing because, I mean, it says Village Church. 
I was like, hmm, I don't know, maybe this has got to be like a wholesome approach to cross-dressing, right? Unless it's a podcast about the village people doing a podcast. I mean, I doubt this episode was going to talk about anything even remotely related to the LGBTQ community or sexual side of things. Although, if it was the village people, shoot, I wouldn't be mad. I'm a huge fan of the YMCA song, aren't you? Anyways, as I started to listen to the Village Church Q&A podcast and this person speak about cross-dressing, I realized from the get-go that there were many problematic things I had with what was being said with regards to what a cross-dressing person should feel. Again, this is all my opinion, and uh, how about before I even get to my own thoughts and feelings, let's analyze this specific podcast to understand where they're coming from, and I did that by doing my research. According to my research, it's, um... According to their website, vcob.org, which I presume stands for the Village Church of Bartlett, the Village Q&A podcast is just one of the many components of their media platform. And the podcast itself has a slogan that states, For its listeners to join pastors and leaders at Village Church of Bartlett as they answer your questions about theology, the church, and today's hot topics. No subject is off limits. You ask hard questions. We promise to answer them. For those who want to know about where Bartlett is, because I sure did as I had enough time to research them, Bartlett is a village located in Cook, DuPage, and Kane counties in the great state of Illinois, here in the United States, with a population of 41,208 as of the 2010 census. Now that number might have changed for 2020, but I don't know, I don't think that information is officially available just yet to the public. Well, according to the real estate market data platform, Neighborhood Scout, I also checked and found that the city of Bartlett was ranked the ninth safest city in the United States with information analyzed from the FBI crime database from 2016. Now, I'm just throwing that information with, I guess, what seems like random statistics here for your own knowledge, because perhaps knowing this information gives you some insight on what someone from the village of Bartlett might feel. You can hypothesize that someone who was raised in a small population of 41,208 versus, I don't know, someone being raised in a city of Los Angeles, where Los Angeles, I think as of 2019, has a population of 4 million people, or where I'm from, I live in the county of Los Angeles, and there are 10 million people here. Yeah, that might make some difference in how one views the world, especially if, if they're like the safest, like the ninth safest city in the United States. I don't know, maybe. Like myself, I grew up in LA County and was exposed to all sorts of different religions, lifestyles, ideologies, gangs, you know, crime. <laughs> Whereas I believe if I was raised in a city like Bartlett with 41,000 people, you could argue that I might not be exposed to such varied thinking. But I was, so I'll just talk about my experiences. Anyways, the Village Q&A podcast has over 721 episodes as of today, February 23rd, 2021, with their last episode being released on April 30th, 2020. They haven't posted much recently as far as their podcast goes. I think they have more sermons and other stuff. 
I think they seem to be uh, more available on their website. But honestly, the only episode I listened to was this episode, 0453, Is It Okay to Cross-Dress episode. To be completely honest, after hearing the entire episode, uh, it was the only episode I really needed to hear. I mean, I could listen to more of their content, but I'm not their target audience, because I guess it seems they cater to a religious person looking to hear answers for questions regarding their faith in God. This isn't going to work. Speaking of which, their about page on their website under the section What We Believe and the subsection of God, it says this. We believe in one God, the creator of all things, eternally coexisting in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each person is equal in every divine perfection, yet carries out distinct harmonious offices in their work. And in another subsection that I think is more relevant to this episode, and will coincide with the questions I have, is in their subsection, the Bible. This is what it says there. We believe the Bible is God's written revelation of himself, salvation, and godly living without error, inspired by God, and authoritative over all people. With all that background information, let's talk about this actual cross-dressing episode entitled 0453, Is It Okay to Cross-Dress? It took you long enough. Sorry, I do talk a lot. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to analyze this episode by taking snippets of what was said by the pastor in this episode, whose name is Michael Fueling. And it's a short episode, about eight minutes, but holy shit, was there a lot said that I feel are quite harmful in ways, but maybe it makes sense to a person of Christian faith. Who knows? If you are a Christian cross yas listener and have your thoughts on what they said or what I said, and I don't know if they made more sense to you, please, I'd love to engage in a conversation with you to understand your point of view. Email me, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com, DM me on Instagram, or again, let's chat on Discord. But here, I'll talk about religion in this episode, specifically Christianity, so again, if you're offended, just know that's not my intention. Just trying to voice my opinion and respond to what Pastor Mike here is saying, I know that I'm not the greatest at knowing everything about religious beliefs or any specific religious denomination, but I do know how to question things and kind of gets me into trouble. trouble. I really do ask a lot of questions, but hell, if you're offended by anything I've said in the previous 93 episodes of this podcast or here, I do apologize for whatever I've said to offend you. Again, that's not my intention. Please know I've had no intentions of harming anyone from whatever I've said in the past or moving forward. I'm just doing my best to be as inclusive and understanding of all sorts of viewpoints by raising questions that may not have been posed before. And perhaps will even make you, the Cross Yas listener, think. You think, think. That being said, this pastor, Michael Feeling, who's speaking in this episode about cross-dressing, is, again, my opinion, flat out wrong. But Let's do a play-by-play analysis on what this guy says, because, well, that's what we do here on the Cross Yas podcast. We get to the nitty-gritty, we get real, we question stuff. So... Let's get down to business. So Michael Fueling starts this episode, well, I'm sorry, Pastor Mike starts this episode by bringing up the question from a listener that asked him this. Here's today's question. Is it okay for someone to cross-dress? And well, this is his response. <laughs> well, again, I've got the legs for it, so yeah. I, I, th- I think it works. <laughs> Goodness. Well, first of all, thank you for the really easy um, softball. Appreciate that one. Um, second of all, 
believe it or not, this is uh, not as unusual as some people would imagine. So Pastor Michael Fueling begins by already assuming the question of, is it okay to cross-dress? Well, that the answer is going to be an easy one. You can hear that as he uses a softball metaphor, which means he thinks he's going to absolutely nail this answer and get it right. And if I was a cross-dresser who plays softball, I don't know, I guess I could feel insulted by this comment. Because is he assuming hitting a softball is easy? Because I'm here to tell you, it's not. Don't be fooled by the name softball, because it's still pretty difficult and pretty hard. Also, his producer or whoever that other person is in the back who seems to make a distasteful comment about having the legs for it and Pastor Michael laughs along with it. I don't know, kind of kind of whack, man. But let's give Pastor Michael Fueling here a chance and see what else he has to say. We love listening and understanding other people's opinions here on the Cross Yas podcast, but they're not immune to criticism. So here we go. So even in the Christian world, um, there, are, there are men and women who go to work um, nine to five, they dress as the, as their gender, if you will, or their sex. And, uh, then they go home and they dress up as someone of the opposite sex. Okay. Yeah, he's right. Some men dress up when they get home. They're Billy at work, but they're Jenny at home. Hmm. Sure. Please continue. Pastor Mike. Uh, ironically, somebody can be heterosexual and a cross-dresser. So I think some people got to get, um, maybe some categories out of their brain that, if somehow you're a cross-dresser, you are uh, some sexual variant, uh, homosexual, bisexual, etc. And it's not necessarily the case. Actually, there are a, there are a number of women uh, in Christian circles who go to evangelical churches, um, particularly who are married to male cross-dressers. Okay, yeah. I'll have to say that is partially accurate. But actually, most cross-dressers are heterosexual and not homosexual. And... Not everyone who cross-dresses identifies as a cross-dresser, which I've talked about on this podcast before. Also, it's not ironic. It's just truth. He said the word ironic with so much gusto that I kind of found that kind of weird and it rubbed me the wrong way for some reason, but okay, whatever. I'm with this guy so far. Nothing seems wrong just yet, right? I'm still with this Michael Feeling guy, so let's keep it going, Mike. What you got for us? So the question would be, is it is it wrong? I'm gonna I'm going to give you two different categories of this issue, and uh, and then we're going to answer them. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, all right, here we go. All right, let's see where Michael Fueling goes with this. We got two categories, don't we now? All right, it, it appears we're starting with the binaries early, aren't we, Pastor Mike? All right, let's keep going. So the first category would be that of like kids and Halloween, et cetera. I remember when I was a kid, I, I dressed up as a girl for Halloween. Okay, is that cross-dressing? No, that's not technically cross-dressing. It's more of a gimmick. It's more of a game. It's Halloween, et cetera. We got to make a distinction in our brains between things like Halloween and actual real life men and women who are doing this. Uh, That would be one category. Okay. So here he is saying that because he dressed as a girl for Halloween, that isn't cross-dressing or at least the cross-dressing he's talking in reference to the original question posed to him is different because being a girl for Halloween, as he calls it, is a gimmick, or it's more of a game. It's just Halloween. Hmm. I mean, if you're a cross-dresser like myself, you know it's not just a gimmick. In fact, for a lot of people who are cross-dressers, and to a larger degree, transgender, Halloween is one of those only days in the whole year people can present as the gender they wish, without much care from other people. Also, 
I mean, I believe and think that if you're cross-dressing at any time on any day, Halloween or not, and expressing yourself as a gender that isn't your own, I think that is cross-dressing. But hey, Pastor Mike here, he's the one we're learning from, and this is just his first category, so maybe we can compare it to the second category of what is actual cross-dressing. And I agree with him, we need to make a distinction about what cross-dressing really is between men and women who are really doing this. So... Pastor Mike, enlighten me. Enlighten me and the Cross Yas podcast listener about what you mean. The second category would be that second category of people who literally come home and they have alternate identities. And so uh, I have interacted with and engaged with people who actually go by a whole different name uh, at home. They'll come home uh, maybe as Bill, and then they will dress up as Jenny at home, and their kids and their wife will call them Jenny Uh, he will become she at nighttime, put on makeup, go to bed, and then wake up the next day and go to work as a man and then come home. Okay, so it seems here this is the real actual cross-dressing he's talking about. That is, it's more than that temporary cross-dressing feeling where someone is living another reality, I guess. Sure. Because this cross-dressing person comes home as Bill but dresses to become Jenny. This is actual cross-dressing. Okay? Okay. Uh, huh. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Um, so yeah, don't know where Pastor Mike is going, but let's see where else he takes this. Let's let him continue. This is a real phenomenon. What I would say is that in Scripture, um, what is supposed to happen is that God is communicating when he creates us through our biology what he expects our gender expressions to look like to a degree. Okay, so now here's the first introduction Pastor Michael Fueling has introduced God into the cross-dressing situation. Again, now here at the Cross Yas podcast, we are no way affiliated with any religious denomination, and we respect and welcome everyone's religious beliefs and views, and although I, Giselle, Giselle Mirasol, your wonderful cross-dressing transgender hosts consider myself a believer in the Catholic Church. I would never enforce my Catholic beliefs, albeit very small, on someone else. Because, well, I have my own reservations about the Catholic Church and their practices, and I don't think God has anything or any say with whether or not I want to cross-dress, or if you want to cross-dress, or has any say on anyone's ability to cross-dress or express themselves as the gender they want to express themselves as. But that being said, it sounds like Pastor Mike here is stating some of his religious beliefs that you may or may not agree with. But I won't analyze anything just yet without having more information, because maybe he has a lot more to say. So let's allow him to continue. So keep it going, Pastor Mike. And so it seems that gender expressions are to follow both biology and cultural norms about that said gender. All right, so there's one of the many flawed justifications for his statements. He says gender expression is supposed to follow biology and cultural norms about that said gender. Okay, you mean sex, but that's fine. Uh, Which, uh, yeah, let's say I think is bullshit. (laughs) Because what the fuck exactly is a cultural norm? I mean, cultural norms are constantly changing, but this is contingent on following the Bible, I think, because I feel if you're a Christian or a Christian that follows this village church, perhaps you look at the Bible as truth and everything in it, because, I mean, God wrote it, right? And it's perfect and not wrong, because again, going back to their page about the section, the Bible, remember, it said this, We believe the Bible is God's written revelation of himself, salvation, and godly living, without error, inspired by God, and authoritative 
over all people, which, again, keywords there are without error, and authoritative over all people, which I find uh, I have issues with in general with religion, not just Christianity, but I'll talk more about that later. But, hmm, follows biology and cultural norms. Okay, that can be easily misinterpreted. But again, I'm gonna let him finish before I shoot myself in the foot and see what else he has to say. So please continue, Pastor Mike. And ultimately, the word of God is gonna communicate things about manhood. And if culture says something different, then, well, the culture loses. Okay, what? Okay, wait, no, no, seriously, what? (laughs) Say that again. And ultimately, the word of God is gonna communicate things about manhood. And if culture says something different, then, well, the culture loses. Okay, Uh uh-huh. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything just yet because I'm still not sure. So let's just have him keep going. And so when we think about like the question, what is masculinity? What is femininity? It's a combination of biblical principles and cultural expression. What is masculinity and what is femininity? Huh? What? Combination of biblical principles and cultural expressions? Okay, that's just one interpretation of masculinity and femininity, but... I'm going to keep on letting him talk. So keep on going, Pastor Mike. And so one of the things that's supposed to happen is that a man is supposed to do manly things and dress in a way that the culture recognizes as masculine. Oh, no, Pastor Mike. Oh, no. But uh, just for my knowledge and the knowledge of the cross, yas, listener, can you give me an example of what that actually means? That would be a consistent biblical principle as Paul talks about things like men having long hair and women having short hair. Those are culturally distinct and unique discussions where Paul in 1 Corinthians especially, um, 11, is trying to make a point that men are supposed to act like men in their biblical attributes and dress like men in the way that culture understands masculinity. That this is a profound connection that God deeply values. Okay, wow. Um, shoot. Uh, so, uh, well, let's, let's kind of unpack what has already been said here so far and just, seriously, it's only been four minutes, which, by the way, this is a fucking lot to unravel and unpack. So, Pastor Mike has already said God will communicate with you through biological means because to a Christian like Mike and the Village Church of Bartlett, The Bible is without error because God wrote it, and therefore the Bible is perfect, and so forth. But I think he's suggesting and conflating that biological means slash physical attributes with biblical attributes because here he's saying men are supposed to act like men according to their biblical attributes and dress like men the way culture understands masculinity. Which makes me say, wait, 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 what the fuck does that mean, man? What the hell? even that that's like really confusing for someone who has no idea what it means to be masculine like there's stereotypical ideas of masculinity like that old school machismo buff guy wearing pants i don't know cargo shorts fucking suits and polo shirts i don't know is that what he means fuck i don't know i hate wearing guy clothes haven't i already said that before and clearly i can't even name a lot of (laughs) masculine type of tire for men what with cargo shorts but i don't know and he also says something at the end there that might really hurt Christians who are cross-dressers or transgender. And it's when he says this. That this is a profound connection that God deeply values. This is a profound connection that God deeply values. 
as if Pastor Mike really knows what God deeply values. I mean, he can interpret what he thinks God means if in Christian values you see that the Bible is true and everything in it is perfect because it was written by God, but I don't know, that's a very strong assumption to make there, Mike, that that's what God deeply values. So here's the point in their podcast that if you're a Christian believer, you're going to have to accept Pastor's Mike interpretation of what God values or you're not going to accept it. I'll tell you what God probably doesn't value, and that's Mike's interpretation of what God values. But hey, that's just me. So that's a really fucking odd thing to assume, Pastor Mike, that you know what God values. But you know what? I'm just going to let you say more things, because I really don't know where you're going with this. So please, continue, good sir. So what happens when you have a man who dresses like a woman and takes on a woman's name and expresses himself culturally as a woman, we'll say at home or or on the town at night, that this is a symptom of something broken in that person's masculinity if it's a biological male or femininity if it's a biological female. (laughs) Okay, all right. Jackass. All right, holy shit. Let's definitely run this back. So what happens when you have a man who dresses like a woman and takes on a woman's name and expresses himself culturally as a woman, we'll say at home or or on the town at night, that this is a symptom of something broken in that person's masculinity if it's a biological male or femininity if it's a biological female. Hmm. Did he just call cross-dressers broken? Wow. And I took that personally. Okay, so here Pastor Mike references a biblical passage and says that men are supposed to act like men according to their physical attributes. He also says that symptom of something broken of that person's masculinity if it's a biological male or femininity if they're a biological female. That this is a symptom of something broken in that person's masculinity if it's a biological male or femininity if it's a biological female. Sorry, that part really just makes me say, what the fuck? Hey, yo, what the fuck? But keep going, man. Keep going. And so what we try to do as Christians is not advocate uh, signs of brokenness in our lives. I don't want to continue to do things that are the overflow of broken places in my heart. And so if I know that I have an attraction to something because of an experience that I had and that experience was negative, I don't want to feed that attraction and thereby validate the experience. What I want to do is recognize that there are going to be experiences that I have in my life that may produce unhealthy attractions. I mean, really, the brokenness? Like, here, Pastor Michael here is doubling down on the word brokenness. But I can kind of see what he's saying here. Just barely, kind of. Like if, for example, you drink alcohol, right? And you're enjoying drinking so much that it leads to constant drinking. And I don't know, something as bad as a car accident because you get behind the wheel and you become a drunk driver. Yes, you may have had fun drinking, but you caused a car accident from drinking and had an unhealthy attraction that way. So you shouldn't be really drinking again. But I don't know. I don't don't know where he's going with relating this to masculinity and femininity being broken with cross-dressing. So... Let's see where he goes. Unhealthy attractions. For example, let's let's take this to a non-sexual level. I may smoke uh, heroin, and I may do this thing. There might be this catalytic event, and it produces in me a desire. But just because that desire is there does not mean I need to uh, give into it. Okay, so Pastor Mike decided to go the drug route and talk about heroin. Sure. But I'm kind of giving Pastor Mike here the benefit of the doubt. 
and helping him by saying, sure, we're not supposed to be giving into those desires, but that still doesn't have anything to do with cross-dressing or presenting as the gender that you want to present as, if it's not actually a desire. And it's actually, I don't know, just wanting to present as the gender that you want to present as because, well, you were born with the wrong sex. Even if it's being temporary and I want to present as a gender that isn't congruent with my sex, like, I don't know, Halloween, like you did, Pastor Mike, that's still cross-dressing. So, I don't know, please, enlighten me more, Pastor Mike, about what this has to do with cross-dressing. And the original question posed to you, is it okay to cross-dress? And as I give into it, it's the result of a broken thing that I did or that happened. In the same way, there are things that happen to us as people that when we are violated sexually or there's sexual abuse, it actually breaks inside of us what is normal and right and God-ordained attraction. And so what we need to be able to do is recognize that there are impulses that I have in my body that are there not because God put them there, but they're the result of sinful things that have done, been done to me. And when those sinful things have been done to me, they broke something inside of me. This is very normal. This is very common. Okay, Pastor Mike, I think you've officially lost me here. I'm lost! And for those of you listening and thinking I'm cutting or omitting pieces from this podcast, I swear to you, I am not. This is what he actually said on their podcast. Seriously, this can all be found on their website. The whole eight-minute episode can be found on Apple Podcasts, and it can be found on vcob.org. Just Google 0453, is it okay to cross-dress? And they're the first thing that pops up. It's there, and it can be heard in its entirety, and it's Pastor Michael Fueling giving you his take on cross-dressing. With that being said, what the fuck does this have to do with sexual abuse? Let's play that clip again, because from what Pastor Mike sounds like, well, it sounds like he's saying a lot of bullshit. Let's hear it again. And as I give into it, it's the result of a broken thing that I did or that happened. In the same way, there are things that happen to us as people that when we are violated sexually or there's sexual abuse, it actually breaks inside of us what is normal and right and God-ordained attraction. And so what we need to be able to do is recognize that there are impulses that I have in my body that are there not because God put them there, but they're the result of sinful things that have done, been done to me. And when those sinful things have been done to me, they broke something inside of me. This is very normal. This is very common. Sinful things that have been done to me. Really? What the fuck? Talk about flawed reasoning. I'm trying to wrap my head around what is being said, and I'm still having the toughest time, still, trying to understand him. What I eventually settled on is this. I think Pastor Mike is saying that because of the sinful things that have been done to me, like that of sexual abuse, and I can speak on this because I have been sexually abused by a family friend when I was 14 years old, that because of that sin that that family friend committed on me, that has broken me. It made me lose my masculinity, and it is not God's fault. Uh, yeah, uh, like, uh, what? What the fuck are you talking about, man? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I guess it sounds like a fucking stretch to me, dude. Like, this whole reasoning sounds like a whole load of bullshit. Because what about cross-dressers who haven't been sexually abused, and they still have the feelings of cross-dressing or presenting as a gender that's different than the sex they were born with? Like, does Pastor Mike think they have lost their sense of masculinity or femininity? And if so, where does that impulse to cross-dress come from if it wasn't from sexual abuse? If God didn't put it there, 
Or if a sinful thing wasn't placed in them by a sexual perpetrator, then who did it to them, Pastor Mike? Because I'll tell you right now, even before I was molested and sexually abused at the age of 14, I knew I was a cross-dresser and had feelings of wanting to express myself as more feminine, like at the age of 9. But to someone like Pastor Mike, someone being molested and thus sexually abused as a teenager four or five years after knowing they liked cross-dressing, uh, that somehow, that, that sexual abuse, I don't know, is the cause of the sinful thoughts and desires? What? What are you talking about, man? I don't get it, Pastor Mike. But, and I hate to keep asking, but please, continue. And so what we have to be able to do is look at Scripture, and Scripture says, here are right ways to be attracted. Here are right ways to dress. Here are right ways to act like a man or act like a woman. These are things that men do, and these are things that women do. And so we're supposed to pursue those things biblically and the cultural expressions of those. Yeah, you've lost me, Pastor Mike, and you still haven't even answered the question. Is it okay to cross-dress? But I'll let you finish. I know it's a complicated subject. Oh, so now you do know it's complicated. No fucking shit, Sherlock. But please, sorry, please, please keep talking. And really, uh, when it pertains to the church, uh, the counsel I would give to men and women who call themselves Christians, don't give in to these identities and desires that are contrary to your biology and how culture understands these expressions. That'd be number one. Oh, okay. So there's the real answer to the question. To the original question posed to you, is it okay to cross-dress? Pastor Mike, everyone, here says no. You heard it here, folks. Pastor Mike says, hold it in and be like Elsa in Frozen 1, where she's saying, Conceal, don't feel, put on a show. Make one wrong move and everyone will know. Pastor Mike said, don't give in to these identities and desires that are contrary to your biology and how culture understands these expressions. That's right. That's what Pastor Mike says. So there you go, everyone. Don't be different because really God says not to, or at least that's what Pastor Mike interprets as God's values. You think that'd be it, right? But nope, Pastor Mike has more to say. What else you got, Pastor Mike? If I'm talking to non-Christians, I probably am just going to have a really different conversation um, I, I don't have this um, strong sense of, of judginess or anger or condemnation or anything of the sorts. But I bet you fucking do, don't you, Pastor Mike? You have a whole lot of judgment coming, don't you? So please, go on. Tell me more. Like, if you were not a Christian and you were my buddy and you came up to me and said, hey, FYI, I'm a cross-dresser, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't like, wreck my world. Um, it would not make me say something like, I can't be around you. I can't hang out with you. None of that would, would happen. I don't, if you're not a believer in Jesus, I'm not expecting you to align your life with biblical principles. On the other hand, if you're going to claim the name of Jesus, then what we mutually have in common by claiming that name is submission to the authority of his word. And when his word says, for example, act like men, we need to figure out what that means and do it. When he says that women are supposed to do certain things and that there's these things that come with femininity. It is our job as women, well, your job as women, to figure out what that is and to figure out how to live that so that we're faithful to God's word and the culture we live in. Okay, so you're not judging at all, Pastor Mike. No, you're not. You're just, you just rather treat Christian cross-dressers differently than non-Christian cross-dressers. Wow. Because, well, they don't share the same principles that you do. 
but I thought you were supposed to love thy neighbor if you were a Christian. Eh, I guess not. Also, in figuring out what it means to act like men, I would hope that any man or woman or any non-binary, gender, non-conforming person who is of Christian faith doesn't practice like you, Pastor Mike. And also that last portion when you say this, these things that come with femininity. It is our job as women, well, your job as women, to figure out what that is. Part of me gets this weird fucking feeling that that comment was like subconsciously not a mistake. Like you actually want to tell women what their job is. Maybe even want to be a woman. I don't know. But Pastor Mike, bro, I think you need to learn to act like a reasonable person. And maybe get your preconceived notions of whatever you think a man does or looks or whatever and really fucking figure out before you start running your mouth about what cross-dressers should and shouldn't do. Sorry. If I sound upset, kind of am. Because I remember listening to this two years ago on that drive up to the bay and I was thinking pretty much what I think now. Like... Is this guy for real? So I hope that helps you. Uh, and again, it, uh, I, I, I don't think this is as pervasive of an issue maybe as, we'll say, uh, deviant attractions. Yeah, he ends it like that. And to be honest, you didn't help me at all, man. Like, this is a pervasive of an issue. Like, how the fuck can you say I don't think this is as pervasive of an issue? Like... You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. You threw so many fucking religious ideas and concepts at this fucking question that even the TV show Maury would put you through a lie detector and be like... The lie detector determined that was a lie. Yeah, the lie detector determined that was a lie. Now, before you go pushing the narrative, you cross yas, listener, that I, Giselle Mirasol, am a God-hating, Bible-negative, agnostic bitch. Well, I'm not. I told you I'm a Catholic with my own reservations about Roman Catholicism and God, but I still think everyone has the right to believe in whatever they want to believe. And if that doesn't come across in this episode, I swear, I really do believe that. My problems with Pastor Mike here though, and his idea that men and women are supposed to be based on biblical and biological attributes, well is that he interprets that as if that is what he believes are God's values because they're written in the Bible. Which kind of seems wrong to me, because that's just one interpretation, and more specifically, his interpretation. Pastor Mike's. The whole broken part of someone's masculinity or a woman's femininity, like, that implies something is inherently wrong with that person. Like, they need to be repaired to be whole again. I don't know, I think cross-dressing is not a broken part of someone, it's more like um, an extension of that person. Same thing with someone being transgender. Their gender expression that may differ from that person's assigned sex at birth is in no way, shape, or form something that makes them less of a human being. They're not needing to be fixed, because you can't fix something that's not broken. And telling someone they're broken and cross-dressing is a symptom of broken masculinity is, I don't know, such a shitty thing to say from a high-ranking religious person. And it may not be malicious, that might not even be what Pastor Mike's intent is, but it's detrimental to those Christian cross-dressers or anyone who listens to whatever Pastor Mike says. Like, let's say I was young and impressionable, which I used to be. 
Or say I just discovered my newfound attraction to the world of cross-dressing. Or I don't know, maybe I just learned someone close to me had those same feelings of wanting to express themselves as a gender that isn't the same as the sex they were born as. I mean, if I came along and Pastor Mike in the Village Church of Bartlett with the episode of the Village Church Q&A podcast and 0453 is It Okay to Crossdress was the only resource available to me, if I was a crossdresser or someone who knew a crossdresser and I heard this episode, I would be at the very least confused. I mean, I could even see myself possibly condemning the world of crossdressing altogether. Like, listening to this episode as a crossdresser and his advice of, and I'll have Pastor Mike say it again. Don't give in to these identities and desires that are contrary to your biology and how culture understands these expressions. Like, it really would make me want to suppress the feeling of wanting to wear or go against any cultural norms. Like, putting on pantyhose or wearing a dress, like... I don't know, because let's say I'm a firm believer in God and putting on a dress or pantyhose in the eyes of God, according to the Bible, is wrong. Like, who would want to do that? I don't want to be different or go against the saying of the Bible and thus the Christian church. So, I don't know, I'd be totally determined to suppress whatever gender identity I wish. Scratch that, I know that I need to be. Like, that's the only thing I want to do, but because going against God, I don't know, would be a sin, and I was Christian wouldn't want to go against God. But I also know that by suppressing or not accepting those feelings would and probably lead to more gender dysphoria and even worse, thoughts of self-harm and even suicide. But, and again, that all begins by making the assumption that I'm broken from the start. I was speaking to my coworker, Mitzi, which one of my favorite coworkers ever. Hi, Mitzi. Hi. Mitzi told me this might have happened with her own congregation back in her small town in Ohio. Apparently, one of the high-ranking religious leaders in her church worked as a truck driver, and he had a heart attack and later died. I don't know how old he was, but I know that when they went to his truck after he died, they found a huge stash of ladies' undergarments, dresses, and makeup in his truck, and later even found a Facebook page with him dressed up in ladies' clothes, and it was like a public page. Apparently no one in the church knew, Mitzi says, and it came out as such a shock to them that not one person in their congregation suspected a thing. But that's the thing about religion, though. There's no wrong or right with religion, but nobody really talks about this kind of stuff. And if they do, they, I don't know, blame it on men are supposed to be men or women are supposed to be women, and who knows? Maybe this guy just really couldn't be his true self. But, I mean, that's where it starts, right? Like, I think people shouldn't deny themselves who they truly are. Mitzi, who's a firm believer in the Christian faith and would say she's a person who follows the Bible pretty closely as she sees the Bible as close to the word of God as we can get God's the perfect being, etc., etc. So knowing that, I had her listen to the Village Q&A podcast episode on cross-dressing. Other background on Mitzi, she knows I'm a cross-dresser and also believes that everyone is inherently good, and she even stated that she can hang out with all sorts of people, but, and it may be one of our points of contention, of many, sorry Mitzi, I love you, but she believes that people who go against God and goes against what is said in the Bible makes people a sinner, and whatever it is that is their sin, she says, is between them and God. And she tries her best to point out kind of what might be going through Pastor Mike's logic. Like she can kind of see what he's saying. 
how cross-dressing is not acceptable because per the Bible, men are supposed to act like men and women are supposed to act like women. They're supposed to do masculine and feminine things respectively based on their sex. Women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, etc., etc. But Mitzi agreed with me in that Pastor Mike says a lot in eight minutes, where for a topic as big as cross-dressing, that's just an insufficient amount of time to tackle such a big topic like this. Like a cross-dresser needs more than just eight minutes. And this eight minutes of the Village Church Q&A podcast left me with a lot more questions than it did answers. For me, I feel like I struggle with a Catholic religion every day. As I mentioned before on this podcast, I was molested by a family friend at the age of 14 and many more times after that by the same family friend. And that family friend was also a part of a congregation that was not Catholic, but in fact the Christian church. Not that him being affiliated with the Christian church has swayed my opinion of the Christian church. However, I'll admit it doesn't help. But I remember shortly after being molested at age 14 and then attending a Catholic mass. I remember questioning my faith and wondering why on earth would a perfect being like God allow that to happen to me? If God was perfect and I had no control over what was happening to me, was this a sense of punishment for something that I had no control over? Like, I really ask the classic question to God, why me? When I pose this question to Mitzi, she tells me it was not God, but the devil acting upon me through my perpetrator. Which, I guess makes sense, but also, kind of doesn't. I also was kind of shocked when Pastor Mike here implied that being sexually assaulted has some weight in losing my masculinity. But hey, that's religion, right? Or at least, Pastor Mike's interpretation of it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. I feel like religion in general focuses too much on set standards and practices within a group, whereas something like, I don't know, spirituality is focused on bettering oneself and finding purpose. And yes, Mitzi brought up a valid point that if you believe in the Bible and everything in it, you have to take it for what it is because that was the word of God and God is perfect and so forth. And that's what Pastor Mike is saying here too, with how he differentiated at the end there where he said if you're a person who isn't of Christian faith, he's just going to come to you and talk to you like you're... I don't know, some random person. But I also think, I don't know, that if you're a, someone of Christian faith who's going to talk about Jesus and the Bible, well, he's going to have to hold you to the Bible. But see, that's where my problem lies, of the many problems that I have with their podcast, is that the problem with religion in general is a lack of change or flexibility when it comes to the evolving world around us. Again, religion has a set way of doing things, but if something happens that goes against whatever they say, they're not in the wrong. So if it goes against the church's current way of doing things, it's easily deemed to be sin. Yes, I agree there should be a set of rules for doing stuff, and religion is great at setting basic rules and certain boundaries with traditions that are not to be straight away too far from. But when things like the Bible people take to heart verbatim, like everything in it, it can become a huge problem because going against it means you need to repent for your sins. Shame. 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 Because remember, words in the Bible are words that can be interpreted differently by different people. And people will use those words to fit their narrative however they see fit. And I guess if I would want you, the Cross Yas listener, to come away from anything here, it's that you need to be an informed thinker and really pay attention to what speaks to you. If you're a religious believer, or if you're not, if you're a Christian and your heart's set on what the Bible says, but question a lot about what is being preached to you, I think you're perfectly in the right to do that. I know there are Christians who follow the Bible, again, word for word, verbatim, 
live by everything that is said in there, will go to their deathbed believing everything in it is true, but when there are topics or discussions that aren't specifically mentioned in it, like having a gender identity that's different than the sex you're born as, well, Bible readers will look for readings and passages on how they best see fit that might not even be there at all. Like, I'll Google right now cross-dressing in the Bible, and the first thing that pops up is the website openbibleinfo.com. And there appears to be 16 Bible verses that seem to reference cross-dressing in some form. That's pretty cool. And the first one that seems to be the most popular has 151 helpful votes. Well, there you go. And it is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. And it says this, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing, for anyone who does such things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Which is fine, I guess, but what exactly is considered a man's garment or woman's clothing? If you think about it, any woman who wears pants today or even a suit could be considered committing an abomination to the Lord, again, only assuming you consider pants or a suit as a type of man's clothing. I mean, true the opposite way, in all those depictions of Jesus you see on, like, I don't know, pictures and stuff, it appears Jesus is wearing a tunic. And in my eyes, a tunic is somewhat of a woman's type of garment. I mean, we could argue all day about what kind of clothing belongs to what sex and what is appropriate today for men and women to wear based on outdated ideas or stereotypes, but that just goes along with what Pastor Mike was saying that goes along with the cultural norms of the day. To which I say, seems again like bullshit. Because... Again, it's all just about fitting a narrative. Pastor Mike and the Village Church hold everything in the Bible as truth because, again, it comes from God. And if you're going against it, well, you're going against God and you're a sinner. Which is also why I have an issue with the word sin. Like, everything ever would be a sin. The Bible seems to have many verses that just don't seem fit today. And I think we should question... And I think if you're a, if you're a Christian or even a Catholic, you should question what people are doing to fit certain narratives, especially that just don't seem to have a name when the Bible was written. For example, gender identity. If cross-dressing allows you to present as the gender you best see fit, why not express yourself in that manner? Pastor Mike would probably say, and I'm just going off the eight minutes I heard here from their podcast, well, you have to be masculine and wear masculine kinds of clothing because if you are born with a penis, and, then, uh, and that involves, I don't know, wearing culturally appropriate clothes that are fit for a man with a penis. And if you don't do that, well, Pastor Mike here would say you're broken. Already broken. And you need to fix that brokenness before it's too late. Again, that's based solely on the Bible passages he's decided to focus on and the eight minutes I heard, which raises the question that I hope if you're a cross-dresser of Christian faith, or any faith for that matter, why should you believe this religion? If it's the Bible or any book that a religion follows, or whatever it is you believe, and, I don't know, it just doesn't fit what you think is right. If you read something that you don't believe is true, or if it's something that goes against your core set of values in your life, why go along with it? Like, I understand doing bad things are sins, or committing things against divine law are sins. I mean, that's what the Webster Dictionary defines sin as an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. But what if, and this is what I'm talking about, being born into a sex that differs than your gender identity, which again, you have no control over, although some circles still believe is true how the same with sexuality, where they believe homosexuality is a choice, is that really a sin? I mean, we could go on and on about what is right and wrong with the Bible, 
And in no way am I suggesting you convert yourself to atheism because God is not real. But I do just hope people really think for themselves and ask what kind of information is being brought to them or presented to them from religion, television, or anywhere, even here, the Cross Yas podcast. I'm not perfect. I mean, I, Giselle Mirasol, your sexy, cross-dressing, transgender nurse and host. Although I'd love to believe I'm perfect, I am not. I'm valuable with my own shortcomings and will no way say I know everything or know what's best for you. That is ultimately up to you, the Cross Yas listener. And I'd hope after 94 episodes of this podcast, you question the world around you, the information given to you, but really hope you live the life you best want to live. I just know after all this analyzing about this cross-dressing episode, Pastor Mike here kind of sucks. At least with the answer to the original question of, is it okay to cross-dress? After analyzing his eight-minute answer for that original question, it doesn't seem enough of an answer, does it? It so does not! I mean, I guess I really don't want to... Anyways, after deliberating and listening to that eight minutes of that podcast and having all these thoughts regarding how I felt about the insufficient evidence brought by Pastor Mike and really the lack of quality podcast content slash resources for cross-dressers out there and what I would eventually learn, transgender people in general, I remember after hearing the entire eight minutes saying to myself, nah, I gotta start my own podcast. And thus, the creation of the cross Yas podcast. I don't have the answer if it's okay to cross-dress, but what I do know is Pastor Mike's answer isn't enough. And the answer is actually yes. It is totally okay to cross-dress. Maybe not in the eyes of God, per se, but goddammit, be you. Be yourself, (laughs) be whatever that means. If you're a cross-dresser and you think you're sinning against God, well, I don't know, some will say you probably are. But if you're having a great time looking absolutely fucking fabulous in your dress, your stockings, your makeup and presenting the gender you want to present as because you believe you were born with a different gender identity that's not congruent with your sex, well, I don't think God would have a problem with that. In fact, according to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with God, all things are possible. Anything's possible. Anything's possible! That's right, Kevin Garnett. So, you being a cross-dresser, you cross-yas listener, or transgender individual, it's possible. And so with that random verse in the Bible, I found, yes, according to the Bible, it is okay to cross-dress. And that's the Taruk root. I hope that answers the question to whoever posed it to Pastor Mike, if you're listening. And Pastor Mike, my Cross Yas listener, thanks you for helping me create and start the Cross Yas podcast. And it's now time for everyone's favorite segment, Sierra Says... Hi everyone and welcome to another Sierra Says. In this week's segment, I reflect upon my journey with my gender identity over the last year. I wanted to share these thoughts with all of you because I just celebrated my one year anniversary of presenting as Sierra for the first time. On that very first day a year ago, I had taken the first dress that I had purchased, the first sets of makeup that I had purchased, and just like a full feminine outfit with me out to my little cabin that I'm restoring in the desert, along with a wig and everything that I would need to feel like I could present in a way that was suitably feminine. And that was my first time ever kind of dressing up and exploring that that might be an important part of my life. A lot has changed since then. And so Giselle recommended that for this week's segment, I talk to you a little bit about what my journey has been. 
Simply put, my journey over the last year has been the adventure of a lifetime. There have been incredibly affirming moments. There have been incredibly challenging and heartbreaking moments, and truly so much has changed in a relatively short time. But I am looking back upon that year just feeling so immensely thankful for the fact that a lot of the weird circumstances we found ourselves in over the last year gave me the freedom to become the really most authentic version of myself that I have ever felt like I've been able to express to other people. So I wanted to share a few things about what this journey has been like and how I've seen myself change throughout that last year. First of all, just in terms of how I would describe my gender identity. A little over a year ago, before I ever dressed up for the first time fully and recognized that maybe I want to be Sierra part of the time or even all the time, I lived very much in denial and saw myself as a somewhat masculine, ideally more masculine, cisgendered male. And obviously that is not the case. It's been something that I've struggled with for a long time, but as a way of coping with it, I just always tried to engage myself in some pursuits that would make me feel like I could be more masculine. And over the last year, I have finally felt comfortable with progressing to seeing myself as a crossdresser, which is kind of where I started and I think where a lot of people start. That's not to say that everyone who identifies as a crossdresser will end up where I am now, but it is a common journey. It is a stepping stone in many cases to identifying in a way that is more not fully transgender, but focused around the idea of possibly transitioning to living as one's true self. From identifying as a crossdresser, which got me through a couple of months after I first dressed up in the earlier part of last year, about a year ago, I then started identifying as, as gender fluid because I thought, you know, for me, this is not a costume. This is not something I'm just putting on. This is a true part of my identity. And then later in the year, as many of you might know, if you listen to a few of my segments, I started the process of transitioning after accepting that my authentic identity, who I want to be all the time, is the woman that you now know as Sierra. There have been so many meaningful and life-changing experiences that I've encountered just in this process, and one of those has been discovering friendships that have been nothing short of life-changing. I have found a lot of these friendships through sources that have been a little bit unconventional, I guess, just because of the situation we find ourselves in with the coronavirus, and most of these friendships that I've formed have at least started online. This has meant finding friends on Discord, on Instagram, on Reddit, all kinds of different places. And as someone who always struggled to maintain or form conventional male friendships in the past, the fact that I have formed friendships that I now consider to be some of the strongest and most important relationships in my life is something that I absolutely never expected at the beginning of this journey and is something for which I am so thankful. And one thing I've learned along the way is that other people going through this journey are seeking those same experiences. So if you are looking for people who understand, if you are looking to find these same kinds of connections, please reach out to other people. There are so many opportunities to build those friendships. Along the way, I've also found the support of my family. I've come out to most of my family and everyone has been exceptionally supportive and kind so far. The support that I've received from my family has completely exceeded my expectations. It has made me feel so welcomed and so affirmed just to be who I am without any judgment, any reservations. And I couldn't be more thankful for them and everything in that experience. Many of you also probably know that after I decided to transition, nine months to the day after 
I dressed up as Sierra for the first time, I started hormone therapy with the idea of it being kind of a trial period. I thought, okay, I want to try this for a few months to see if this is something that works for me and something that I want to do going forward. But once I started, it was an instant sense of affirmation that this is something I needed to do and that there would be no turning back. And of course, starting hormone therapy in that sense also means you really have to consider the idea of whether you want to socially transition in addition to medically transitioning. And I've been working on that as well. In terms of other physical changes, I started the year just assuming that I wouldn't make too many physical changes to my body. Like I didn't even shave a lot early on. I just tried to cover up a lot of the things that made me feel more uncomfortable when I was presenting more feminine. But since then, I have completely embraced the fact that I want to present as Sierra and feel comfortable doing so full time. And in a lot of cases for Uh, People who are transitioning male to female, that means doing some sort of hair removal. And I've talked about how I've been working with laser hair removal for a while, and it's been going pretty well. In terms of next steps, I'm certainly keeping my options open. I will certainly be continuing with hormone therapy because I find that it is just so helpful in terms of helping me feel like my body is better matching my gender identity. But I'm also considering top surgery, quite frankly, because aside from body hair, uh, just my chest is my biggest source of gender dysphoria. And so if that's an easy way of taking care of that and helping me feel more at home in my body, that's certainly something I will consider. Over the last year, there have been some In addition to the wonderful experiences, some challenging experiences. Despite all of it, I'm sorry to say that my wife and I are separating. It's a part of this journey that is very common for a lot of uh, couples where one person in the relationship decides that it is necessary to transition and start living as, as their authentic self. Though I am immensely thankful to have a wife and a partner still, at least for the time being, who is so kind and so generous and so considerate and so supportive of me being who I am and going through the transition process. So even though we will no longer be married after a little while, I truly believe we will still be best friends. And just the way we've been interacting over the last couple of months shows me that our relationship will continue on into the future, maybe even stronger than ever, but just in a different way than it has before. And so it's a challenge, but I do look forward to seeing what that next chapter looks like. I am also just immensely thankful to have the support and the acceptance of my wife's family. This is something that caused us both a lot of anxiety over the last year, just in the sense that she comes from a relatively religious uh, Mexican-American family where there was not, I guess, a lot of confidence that the religious beliefs that people have in that family would make it easy for them to just accept me being who I am. But to their credit, it was just remarkable how quickly they accepted me being who I am. And the fact that they have told me that I am still a part of their family and always will be has been truly one of the kindest gestures and kindest sentiments that has ever been shared with me at any point during my life. And I am so thankful for their support. I am so thankful to know that I can still see them. I can still see my nieces and nephews. I can still be a part of that community, even though some things in my life will be changing. This also means that I'll be moving forward and trying to step forward into forming my own life. And if you asked me a year ago, if if I ever thought that it would be possible that now I would be at the stage of thinking about starting a sort of independent life separate from my wife and everything, at least in terms of our daily experiences, I never would have believed it. But here I am. I'm about to close on a home in in the beautiful and wonderful city of Palm Springs. 
where truly among all the communities that I am familiar with in California and in most of the U.S. is one of the most accepting places for members of the LGBTQ community. I feel so comfortable being there. I have felt so much at home there even prior to deciding that I wanted to move there. And over the next couple of months, as I make that transition into uh, living on my own and being in a place where I feel comfortable like that, I am sad to be leaving the life that I've had over the last few years, but also so excited about what the future holds, just in terms of finding more comfort in being myself out in the world and in a supportive community like that. Most recently, I have come out to colleagues at the university where I work, and I have also initiated the formal name and gender marker change process with the court. So I am very excited to be making progress both in terms of social transition as well as the legal processes. This is really my first step forward toward changing my identity legally, and to submit that form the other day just felt so encouraging. And it starts a long process. There's no doubt that this is going to be a challenging and long process as well, but I feel well supported in this as well. And everything about this, I feel every step of the way like I'm moving in the right direction. One of the things I absolutely love most about our little cross Yaz community is the fact that so much diversity exists in terms of our gender identities and the way we express our gender. And so I share my experiences, not because they are universal or all that applicable to most people's situations, but because I think there's a lot of value in just learning from one another. And I also similarly love hearing the stories of other people and their process, regardless of what that might be, regardless of whether transition is involved or not. And I encourage you, reach out to us, tell us about your stories of coming to terms with being who you are and getting started in whatever next step of your life might come after you accept your gender identity, again, whatever that might be. But nevertheless, I do feel like I have, after this last year, some advice that I can share with other people. And I'd like to share some tips now or some ideas now about things that I think I would have benefited from knowing at the beginning of this process. First of all, I would say, no matter what, be open and honest with the most important people in your life. This is a journey of discovery where support is so essential. And if you need to take the time to work through how you're feeling in the context of your relationships with other people, that deserves time and attention as well. The other people in your life, the people who are most important to you will either support you, which is most likely going to be the case, or you will realize that they are relationships that very sadly are not worth maintaining. Of course, that can be tremendously painful, but it is worth remembering that those people we keep in our lives should be those who support us for being who we are. I would also say, reach out and find friends who can relate to your journey. Find friends who can just offer you support, kindness, and a listening ear throughout the entire process. Other trans and gender nonconforming people who are sharing their stories online, sharing photos, want to build friendships. So if you see someone on Instagram who you admire, if you find someone on Discord who you really want to talk to, reach out because there is so much value in taking a chance on building those friendships. And of course, we have an amazing community. The Cross Yas Discord has been growing really quickly. We have over 50 members and I count many of these members among my closest friends. And I really encourage you to join if you feel like you would benefit from that kind of community. Additionally, I would encourage you to give yourself time to explore. Give yourself time to discover your gender identity and be yourself. Nobody starts off being where they want to be. I can look back now at early photos from a year ago and just 
partially cringe, but also admire how every step in the process has been so important in accepting my true identity and becoming who I am. And I feel like this is a process that will just continually be evolving. And that's what it is. It is a process. It's not a switch that is flipped. It's a journey. Finally, I would say be open and honest with yourself and be real with yourself if you feel like transition might be in your future. Of course, this is something I'm almost reluctant to say in a podcast that mostly focuses upon cross-dressing because transition is not part of everyone's journey, but whether or not it is a part of your journey, you owe yourself honesty. If you feel authentically like you might benefit from exploring that direction, I strongly encourage you to do so. And I encourage you to seek out the advice and the guidance of experts and people who can help us to find and better understand ourselves. So finally, I would say I strongly encourage everyone who is struggling with gender identity to any extent to find a therapist, find someone who they can talk to, find a, what we would call kind of a disinterested professional who can help you sort through your thoughts and make the decisions that are best for you. It's been an amazing year. I have felt so, so fortunate to discover myself and become a part of some amazing communities, this podcast community included. And all I can say is that I look forward to many years of this to come. And that's how Sierra sees it. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that's it for this episode, where I started with my YAS of the week, which was London's Fashion Week, degenderizing and focus on clothes being for whomever. I also gave you my talk about lipstick in this week's Crossy YAS tip of the week. I went really hard and gave you a play-by-play analysis on the Village Q&A podcast and how Pastor Mike sort of answered, to the best of his ability, the question of, is it okay to cross-dress? Yeah, he did it. And lastly, you heard Sierra reflect on the past year of her first year in her journey in becoming Sierra. I know you probably have your own thoughts about this episode, more so on my response to the Village Church Q&A podcast, and less on, say, lipstick. So I'm expecting a lot of pushback, maybe, or at the very least, some comments about what I said. I'm really looking forward to it because this is a touchy subject for some, especially when religion gets involved. So I'm excited to hear from you all. Email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. DM me on Instagram, at crossyaspodcast, or hit me up on our Discord, crossyasconfidential, and you can also find that on our website. Also, I forgot to mention, there's Kirsten, my wife, who is partially responsible for creating this podcast, even if it was indirectly. She's available for you or your loved one on Instagram, and she can be found at the crossdresser's wifey. So hit her up. Remember, it's the last week for the question of the month, who was your first crush and why? Email me your answer or even on the Discord and I'll share that. And I think I covered everything. Oh, the Patreon. That's available for everyone with some bonus episodes available on there. So check it out. We'll love your support, you know. And yeah, that's it. It's been a busy month of February for me. Another curious conversation coming this Saturday with Amanda, the fat patter. So stay tuned for that. And I believe that is it. Your amazing cross yas listener. Wouldn't be here without you and your support. And I hope you know that I love you and thank you always every week, every episode for your support. And until next time, which is not that much longer, see you on Saturday. Keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, 
and gender a bit more.